You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your host, Vanessa Weisbrod. Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrod coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Hospital. As you all know, we usually have a really amazing, interesting guest on the show. Our guest today is also amazing, but we're doing things a little bit differently and bringing on our community education team, Kate Raber and Joanna McMahon, to talk about a really serious and important issue, food bullying. It can range from teasing others at school or online and social media groups to kids throwing bread at other kids who have celiac disease. And in some cases, it's actually parents who are doing the bullying. But how do we address this problem? Before we jump in to talk about strategies for preventing this from occurring and educating kids and parents about how to stop bullying, I want to go back to a story that I shared on the podcast some months ago about my my six-year-old son and an experience he had at school. Brandon has always been a really strong kid, and he's been really confident and proud of his gluten-free diet. He's, He's never been ashamed of it or really had a problem with it. Until this day where we were walking down the hallway at school and the mom of another child in his class walked up to him and said, look at this, I got up early and I stopped at Dunkin' Donuts and I brought donuts for the whole class. And she opened the box of donuts right in his face and showed him, then closed the box and said, oh, but you can't eat them. And in that moment, Brandon just burst out into tears, hysterically crying. It was the first time that had ever happened to him. And now, I don't think that the mom went into this situation being like, ha ha ha, I'm going to do something horrible to Brandon. But the way in which the situation occurred, it made him feel so bad. He felt so left out. He felt like something was wrong with him and that he couldn't participate. But the really good news is that his school is amazing, and the director of the school actually oversaw the entire situation happening and immediately came to our rescue and brought us back to her office and took Brandon to the freezer that had all of his treats in it and let him pick out his own things to have in the classroom that day. And, you know, it, it it's even though Brandon overcame the situation, it has always stuck with me is that moment when my heart broke, seeing him so upset. And, you know, it was a terrible morning for us and it's always stuck with me. And it's something that I never, ever, ever want another family to experience. And I know that I'm not the only one. So I want to jump in here with Joanna and Kate and just hear about some other examples that they've heard. As you all know, Joanna uh, spends a lot of her day working with schools. So Joanna, tell us some of these other stories that you're hearing from families. Sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is becoming a much more common um, issue that I'm hearing over and over again from families calling me um, or coming into the clinic and telling the most heartbreaking stories. Um, There's, I mean, stuff from um, a kid being held down at school um, while other kids rubbed bread in his face. And the poor child was then not only just heartbroken, but sick the entire weekend as a result of it. Um, Or I've also heard, unfortunately, about children who are purposefully taking their pieces of bread from their sandwiches and crumpling them up. Um, So crumbs are in this celiac child's lunch and they can't eat. And then they're going through the rest of their day um, without food because they're too embarrassed to unfortunately even speak up and say anything. 
So these are definitely um, not only, and, and also I would say there, we've also heard about stories where there's even peanuts and things being thrown at children too. So these are all legitimate, um, scary, you know, repercussions to some of these actions these kids are doing. So it's not only, um, I think, the emotional piece of it, it's also, I think, the actual um, severity of the potential consequences that really need to be addressed when it comes to food bullying. How are the schools handling these situations? It varies. Um, Unfortunately, there are the um, not great responses where they're essentially saying that either they, A, don't see it occurring or, you know, a teacher can't oversee that many children um, or it's in the cafeteria and there's not necessarily a teacher there on lunch duty. Um, so those are unfortunately where I think it's almost that the consequences aren't necessarily really being um, even thought through on the adult angle. Um, to also, yeah, there are definitely great stories where, you know, like your in, your incident with Brandon, where the teacher and director was amazing and was able to immediately rectify the situation. Um, but I think the common refrain that's coming through in this is not only in many cases do the children need to be better educated, um, it also definitely is the adults that need to um, think about what actually occurs for that family and that child in particular, but when they go home, um, especially in the case where, you know, um, the kid who had bread, bread rubbed in his face and was sick for that entire weekend, um, there's a really serious consequence to that form of bullying um, that it impacts that entire family. Absolutely. You know, schools spend so much time educating kids on being kind to one another and, you know, be respectful, be responsible, um, you know, do things that are kind to one another. But you rarely hear them talking about food as one of the ways in which we can be respectful and kind. Um, I wish that that was more of a thing that, that schools did. So, Kate, talk to us about some inciting events that you seem to hear about related to food bullying and some studies that you've come across. Yeah, so there was actually a really interesting article that was published back in 2013 in the journal Pediatrics that actually looked at food allergies and bullying. And uh, it said that as many as uh, a third of kids with a food allergy do get bullied at one point or another for their food allergy. But most worryingly, over 80% reported that it was a constant event, that it was happening more than once. Um, so some of the bigger things that we see are just your typical teasing um, for various reasons, like you can't eat this, you can't eat that. Uh, but the second most common thing that we see is waving food in people's faces. I know that happened to me when I was first diagnosed um, by some people who were my friends at the time um, who would wave cookies or pieces of bread in my face. Um, throughout. Um, we also have, we also see some criticizing. Um, we also see a lot of exclusion um, from various activities. So that would look something along the lines of if we, uh, if a class was going out to eat somewhere, um, there would be a child who would say, oh, it's your fault that we can't all go to McDonald's because you can't eat there. Or, you know, it's your fault we can't 
uh, have a pizza party in the classroom. And so really placing the blame uh, on these kids just because they're not able to eat something, uh, making them feel like they're, you know, not, they're, they're restricting things from other students as well. Absolutely. And I think that extends too beyond the school environment to like birthday parties. Um, I've heard so many stories as, as there are like cupcake decorating parties at bakeries or restaurants offering, you know, come and you know, tour the kitchen and learn how to make your own pizza. And these kids just not getting invited to things, which isn't directly bullying them, but it's just another way that they're being excluded from common life activities. Right. And I think an important thing here, too, to mention is that um, it's not always a physical ramification that occurs after this. Um, it's, it's also a huge psychological toll um, that happens. And we already know that um, kids with celiac disease tend to have higher rates of anxiety and depression. And so, you know, food bullying is something that really doesn't help that statistic. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So you two work extensively with schools, and I just I, I have to tell everyone listening how proud I am of the work that you guys do. Um, in the show notes, we're actually going to put up a map of all the, the states in which you guys have, have touched people. Um, so let's talk about some strategies that you can offer schools to help alleviate this problem. So one of the biggest things is integrating food allergy education early on in a child's um, school environment. Um, I read an article recently that said that most of these cases of food bullying start occurring around first and second grade levels. And that's mostly just because that's when children start to understand that there are differences between each other. Um, that's something that happens regularly, but when food allergies are brought into play, that's something that you know, is a little bit different than, oh, I have brown hair, you have blonde hair, you, um, you know, you have blue eyes, I have brown eyes. Um, and so there's actually a public charter school here in D.C. called Yu Ying, and they integrate food allergy education and um, information about bullying into the curriculum through various things. Uh, they have several books that they read, some of the younger kids, um, and then they do a lot of prevention education as well. So this would look like teaching kids not to be bystanders um, and stepping in if they see something wrong. And then it even goes into really positive things and um, kind of positive reinforcement when they uh, have a lot of kids who actually choose to present information about food allergies at STEM fairs and science fairs. And so not only are they able to educate the children, but they get the children actually excited about it themselves so they can learn more about it and really help with their peers. Wow, that sounds like a really great program, Kate. Do you know what the books are that they use as part of this education? Yes, there are a couple that they mention in this article. One of them is called What Treat Can Reuben Eat? There's another one called The Princess and the Peanut Allergy. And then finally, there's one that actually might really appeal to some um, people with celiac disease called Can I Have Some Cake Too? Oh, wow, those are great. We will include links to all of those in the show notes. So if you didn't catch those, don't worry about it. We will include a link so that you can find them later. So those are some really great ideas for schools helping kids, but Joanna, what can parents do to help their kids with celiac disease navigate this? So I think the first thing is to make sure that your child has a 504 plan. Um, that way, at least even you have some recourse to go back to if the school for some reason isn't taking the um, incident serious enough that you can make sure that you know you have some legal recourse to stand on. 
Um, the other big thing is obviously to make sure you, um, as a parent, are reporting the issues immediately, but also to talk with your child about the fact that um, they need to speak up immediately to an adult. Um, so, for instance, when I was talking with that family about the kids that were crumbling bread into um, their child's lunch, um, the child was so embarrassed they weren't going and really reporting what was going on. So she just wasn't eating all day. So they had to have, sit down and really have a talk with her about making sure she immediately went to her teacher and letting them even know this occurred so that she wasn't going through the rest of the day hungry. So just having those conversations with your child too. Um, and also the other big thing would be um, for the parents of the child being bullied, but also just in general, hopefully parents can have a conversation with their children um, to talk about that having any of these type of interactions, um, some of the kids might not even know that they are bullying. Um, so kind of discussing the fact that, you know, what you do has consequences. Um, teasing sometimes isn't funny. You know, you waving a, a treat in a Ted's face that can't eat it um, is going to hurt their feelings. Um, eye rolling or saying that something looks gross or, or, or weird, all of those types of annotations have consequences in how that person's going to be um, receiving them. So kind of just getting that kind of um, discussion even going about how words can hurt too. Um, and obviously then also, you know, the more severe actions that they're doing. So just discussing even the topic that food bullying is a real thing. Now, what do we do about the grown-ups? You know, you would think that grown-ups <laughs> should be smart enough to not say awful things that are going to emotionally, you know, interfere with a child's um, ability to function at school. But as we all know that this happens regularly. So what do we do with them? How do we help grown-ups be better? I think, unfortunately, educating them as well. Um, I think it goes back to that old refrain of if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it, or think before you speak. Um, I know it even frustrates me still as an adult when I go out to a restaurant and give my order to a waiter and he looks at me and rolls his eyes when I ask if it's you know made gluten-free or can be. Um, like, oh, it's really an allergy, you know, those type of things. Um, the other thing I want to put, point out, Joanna, is think about, let's talk about like the airplane example for a second. You know, when, you, when your little baby or your kids are screaming on the airplane and people are acting so annoyed, but for the parent, it is far more anxiety provoking and upsetting that they're so worried that their kid is disrupting everybody exactly. than how much it bothers that person who's sitting a few rows away from you. And I think the same theory applies in these, in these situations that another parent yeah. might be annoyed. Ugh, I have to bring something that's gluten free for a class event. That's one time versus the parent of that child that, Every time their kid puts a bite of food in their mouth, it's something that they think about and that it constantly yep. is something that they have to worry about to keep their child safe. It's so true. And, you know, it's funny. I just was talking with a parent recently who um, just mentioned even that um, a parent had gone in, in the class, was bringing in some kind of um, – treat for the entire class for a class activity and she brought in a box of enjoy life cookies for the celiac child and the mother told me she 
welled up with tears and even gave this mother a hug just because she was so appreciative of the fact that this mother had taken the time to put herself into this her daughter's shoes and think of bringing something in for her and also making sure that it was, you know, a sealed package that she knew would be safe for her to eat without any risk of cross-contamination. So little gestures go a really long way. Absolutely. The other big thing I would say would also be for um, some for teachers as well and for adults thinking of consequences that they might not even um, realize might be occurring. So there was a really awful incident I heard recently from a parent. Um, so this little girl was participating in science class and the teacher was giving out cookies to the entire class for the science experiment. And she stopped at the little girl's table where all the children were sitting at her table and she basically made a comment saying, oh, I can't give you these. Um, you know, little Sally um, is gluten free. So she didn't give the cookies to that entire group of children sitting at the table, overcompensating compensating on what would be considered safe, I guess. Well, she didn't think about the outcome of that event. All those children were quite, like, you know, upset, you know, obviously so, that they were given cookies. She basically painted a target on that little girl's back. So sure enough, later on the cafeteria, they were giving her a hard time and messing with her and, and throwing stuff at her. So that teacher, if she had just handled that situation differently and either worked with the mother ahead of time to make sure there was some kind of gluten-free accommodation, giving out gluten-free cookies to the entire class, or at least just gave the little girl herself a gluten-free cookie, but definitely thought about how the rest of the kids were going to be looking at this situation the entire food bullying incident wouldn't have occurred. So it's just sometimes making sure you're also thinking about what the consequences might be when you set it up as the adult in the situation, Absolutely. how you present it. Absolutely. Kate, do you have any thoughts on uh, grown-ups or teenagers? Yes. Uh, and in fact, I have my own story to share, um, which was really quite hard for me when I was diagnosed. I was 16 years old and um, I had started bringing my own lunch to school and eating by myself in the hallways because uh, nobody would be able to see then that I had different food from everybody. So one day um, I brought my lunch to school and they had been telling me that I had to use the microwave in the teacher's lounge, but I was not allowed in the teacher's lounge myself. So I had to knock on the door and ask for a teacher um, to then microwave my food for me and bring it back. Um, so it usually wasn't a problem, but I was encountered one teacher um, one day and I brought, uh, I brought some gluten-free pasta and I explained very quickly that, you know, I have celiac disease and I can't eat gluten and so I'm bringing my own lunch and so will you put this in the microwave for me? And she looked down into the Tupperware with the spaghetti and looked back at me and she said, you're telling me you can't eat gluten, but here you are standing at the door with a bowl of pasta. I can't believe it. Get out of here. And just <laughs> shut the door in my face. Oh my gosh. So while, you know, while I was 16 and, and a bit more mature and, and able to, you know, understand some of this stuff, at the same time, it, it really kind of added insult to injury that, you know, not only had I segregated myself from other people so that they weren't looking at what I was eating because it was different from everybody else, but I also had people who were supposed to be my allies um, who were turning against me. 
And so I think a huge thing to learn from that and what we can encourage teachers and adults to do is really to just trust kids who say that they have allergies. Um, if they say that they need something, believe them because I, we find a lot that kids with allergies do have a slightly um, higher maturity level because they almost have to, to be advocates for themselves. Um, and so if there's something that makes them feel uncomfortable, just believe the kid and, and go from there. Absolutely. That is such an important point. These kids, like, sure, there will be a bad apple somewhere, but right. for most of them, they, are, they don't want to have these problems. They don't want to inconvenience you. They don't want the extra attention. They have to have it right. to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, ladies, this has been really wonderful to talk about. Do you guys have anything else that you want to add? I don't think so. No. Well, if families out there are listening and you have questions, you can always reach out to our team at celiac at childrensnational.org. We are here to help with setting up 504 plans, navigating issues at school, and really just helping to think through how to solve problems that are occurring uh, with celiac disease in learning environments. So if there are problems, don't be shy. Reach out. We are happy to help. You do not have to be a patient in our hospital in order for us to work with you. So again, it's celiac at childrensnational.org. I hope that you've all enjoyed today's podcast. I know it was a little bit more of a serious topic than we're used to talking about here, but we do think it's really important. And we will talk to you all again next time. 